Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Banging Book Club, the fortnightly podcast where we read books about sex and or gender and talk about it. I'm Hannah Whitten. I'm Lena Norms. And I'm Lucy Moon. And this month we read The Virgin Suicides by Geoffrey Eugenides, or as Siri would say, Eugenides. <laughs> <laughs> Siri would not understand me. <laughs> Eugenides. <laughs> Ended up having to ask who wrote The Virgin Suicides. It's like, Geoffrey Eugenides. <laughs> okay, Siri. We've actually read one book by Geoffrey previously in the book club. Yeah, in 2016. We read Middlesex, Middle which we were like, Ah! Mm. About. And um, this one I have to take responsibility for, whether you guys liked or not, because I suggested this one. Having kind of read Middlesex and not liked it, tried to read the marriage plot and thought it was fucking awful. That was but his third had, book. That's right. his third book, mm. but this is his first book. And I genuinely, for me, it's one of my favourite books. And this is like my third or fourth reading, I think. So, oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Um, so, and this was mine and Lucy's first reading. So I'll take rap if you don't yeah. like it. It's chill. Um, it's my fault. As a positive, to start with very briefly, mm-hmm. it's beautifully written so well it is honestly a work of art to Mm. read i feel like i'm bad at noticing that stuff (laughs) the only she's all the action yeah the the only book that i remember like actually noticing it as i was reading it was trumpet Mm. because i was so swept away with it whereas this i was reading it going you know why i know that this is linguistically great because i don't understand half of it yeah (laughs) I was just like it was like going on all these like it was just like going on all I don't know metaphors and things like that go over my head a lot and there are a lot of words that I don't understand and I can't be bothered to google every Mm. sentence I read it's hard to like scan and that's why I have a lot of trouble with classics and stuff Mm. it's because I just I don't know I'm definitely one of those people who uh, enjoys books and enjoys reading but is made to feel stupid by certain texts yeah. this one did make me feel stupid reading it oh, really? even though I enjoyed it yeah but they always do make me feel yeah. a bit I think stupid. I think with this one it's definitely not while there's obviously some very dramatic scenes and pivots in the plot most of it is sitting with the characters yeah. and like exploring inside their minds and it's not like very narrative driven like oh, no not... it really meanders it ain't your hunger games no <laughs> see i love me some plot yeah, yeah. <laughs> whereas i'm i'm really i'm the sort of person that goes into an art gallery and gets super excited and is like oh i get to learn about the context of this and gets really excited um and i love poetry and stuff so for me it's like Yay! Yeah, see, I've not been a poetry person. Yeah, and this is why I'm excited about next month's book. (laughs) What's next month's again? uh, Has no narrative, but it's our science book. Comes to you, right? Yeah, yeah. Comes to you, and then Um, right. 
Virgin mm. Suicide sound reviews, yeah. ladies. Um, should we trigger warning? Yeah. Trigger warning, suicide. Um, <laughs> and themes surrounding suicide, yeah. which you can probably imagine. And maybe like depression. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, you guys... abuse? You guys know yourself best. So, I mean, like, you can guess what's in this book. Yeah. yeah. From, the, from the blurb. Um, and that's what we're going to be discussing. Yeah. Pretty honestly. Um, sound reviews. <laughs> That's my. <laughs> that was a very evangelical. You let your like, your wrists go like you're in Mississippi, like in a church. Like, <laughs> oh my god, uh, crazy! Yeah, yeah. yeah. oh my crazy. god, I loved it. Evangelical. Um, um, mine would be. Oh. <laughs> you you sounded like what I imagine whales sound like when they talk to oh, each other. Sounds like an ejaculating free willy over here. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm Ooh. so sorry, listeners. <laughs> I'm they, sure they we're They came peaking. here for this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I won't apologise. Um, my sound review is... <laughs> and that's me kissing my blessed <laughs> fingers. Yeah. <laughs> like an Italian in a really bad advert. Yes. <laughs> that's your domio lit. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, I, I just really respect him as an author. And I wish I could write like him. And I would like yeah. to. Yeah. One day. However, I think this is a book that none of us hadn't heard of. Like, mm. And I think most people, when we were tweeting and interacting with people, um, know what, at least what it is or have seen the film. Um, I wanted to go through first what we thought this book would be like and then what it was actually like. So I haven't seen the film and I also haven't seen a... Tr- trailer for it either so I was going into this really really blind mm-hmm. I think the most I knew was that Kirsten Dunst was in it um and I went in literally just knowing the title mm-hmm. and and then maybe I read the blurb and I thought that it I, I think in my head I was comparing it to Perfume mm. um what's Perfume so Sorry. Perfume is a book about this man who has like an insanely intense sense of smell um but he also is murderous and goes around killing virgins because he loves the way that they smell and then kills them and then from their skin and stuff and their odor makes perfume out of virgins so it's kind of like fantasy because obviously that's not like scientific and you can't fucking do that but sounds uh, like a great beach read but it's it's amazing because it's like this guy like the the way Mm. that smell is described in that book is incredible and then it's just like this weird Thing where he goes around killing virgins and taking their smells. Classic. Anyway, mm. I was expecting something like so, like with that psychological kind of thriller of like. Yeah, I yeah, thought it like, was going to be like Mr. Ripley kind of like culty. Yeah, like I yeah. thought it was going to be like these five girls because also I don't think I knew they were sisters going into it. Mm. I thought it was going to be like these five girls who were virgins, and then from reading it, I was like, one of them may not be a virgin. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, and I thought it was going to be like this weird religious culty. Packed suicide. I completely thought it was going to be culty packed witchy. That was my thoughts going in. Knew they were sisters, knew they died, didn't know anything else about the book, and knew Sophia Coppola directed the film. Mm. And yeah, Mm. I I kind of thought I'd like it because it's it's well within my genre of classic, it's postmodern, right? It's Mm. postmodern. Yeah, postmodern classic, Mm. well written thing. For me, this is one I didn't... About women. S- yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's the <laughs> yeah. story, isn't it? I think I didn't read it on my either of my, like, courses. 
uh, for literature, but I always knew it existed. But I was kind of avoiding it because I thought it was going to be really cliche and like, I don't know, I felt like it was kind of like how I avoid on the road because I'm like, oh yeah, oh, I've never met anyone I've liked that liked on the road. <laughs> so I'm like, probably <laughs> not really going to read that. that to Jack, read it. Oh, it's like that, that yeah, Jack boy book that every boy on Tinder reckons they've read. It's, it's like, like that and Into the Wild. Yeah. Like, Give me fucking strength. Um, so I just. <laughs> every boy that tells me that Into reason. the Wild really spoke to them, I'm like, it was <laughs> yeah, like, designed to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, don't worry, tick. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I didn't. And then Sana, our friend Sana, uh, when I first moved to London about four or five years ago, was like, you have, you like, you have. And, like, I'm very obedient when it comes to Sana and her telling me I have to read a book. Yeah. Uh, so she I, recommended, um, what's that book? Uh, we Were Liars. Mm, and I remember reading we that in one night like, and being like, yeah. <gasps> it's yeah. absolutely stunning. But it's, again, one one I wouldn't have picked up if it wasn't for Sana. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, she kind of was just like, look, you you specifically need to read this. And I was like, okay. And I started reading and it, it did, uh, it wasn't a cliche. In fact, I think there's a lot of cliched books nowadays that were based on it because it's, a lot, uh, I think, and maybe even original TV series and stuff and films. Yeah, and, and like even the mood of it is very like, I don't know, atmospheric, like hot, contained, small society, America. Yeah, I think the mood of it suburban. is, and the cultural references and stuff are very contemporary mm. like I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone tries to adapt it and get Netflix to fund it into yeah. a series or when something. is it set did we 1970s I think because Pink Floyd are mentioned mm. um, but it took a long time for me to work that out embarrassingly <laughs> as soon as the tracks list came up when the boys are playing records down the phone to the oh, girls yeah. <laughs> as oh, soon as yeah. embarrassingly for some reason I thought that Elton John had written Candle in the Wind for Diana's death and uh, then was immediately like I oh my god this must be set in the 90s that could be a Mandela effect that could be a Mandela effect yeah I don't know but I just felt it was but apparently it was written for Marilyn Monroe so who knew in the 70s um, but I went through a lot of this thinking it was a lot more recent but, than it actually is mm. um, which makes sense but I guess re- records a hipster, so <laughs> records didn't give me an idea. Um, so, okay, one of the things when I've been telling people what we've been reading this month, uh, who, for people who haven't read it, it's really hard to summarise in a way that doesn't sound really basic. And it's also, I think, like, the way you summarise it shows what you really think of the book. And I think a lot mm. of people summarise it in very different ways. So I thought we could all go around and maybe try and just be like, what would you say this book is about? Because uh, baseline, you can just be like... Oh, five sisters, they all kill each other. It's pretty fucked up. <laughs> like, mm. you know? And then that's, like, reducing it, I think. Um, so, like, if you had to summarise it for other people, what would you say it is? It chronicles the demise of the neighbourhood. Um, oh, interesting. In... Very thematic, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's starring my English A level. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Looking at it on a more macro scale. Well, it chronicles the demise of a neighbourhood, but in um, as a kind of character study of five girls who take their own lives within that neighbourhood, and from the perspective of the boys who obsess over them. Mm. I don't feel like the neighbourhood demises. So right at the end, it says that everyone moves out. This is a bit I've just read. Guys, I finished it oh. like five minutes ago. Oh, okay, so it's fresh. Um, yeah, very fresh. So they say at the end, like, once once all the Lisbon girls died and the Lisbon's moved out, gradually the whole town, like, every building, every house got knocked down, replaced. Um, all the trees got taken because oh, they yeah, were rotting. Oh, yeah, because the trees all got taken yeah. down. Yeah, so, yeah. like, it was completely destroyed. Um, like, not, not destroyed, renovated, in inverted mm. commas, but that nice town that they'd grown up in 
collapsed and then there's this big old paragraph about like that being symbolic and to do with the deaths, basically. Yeah. And how like this idea of the see, this they yeah. foresaw it. See, I fucking missed that. Oh yes. Like I do remember them saying the idea that, that like the Lisbon girls knew. It's like so that's why they just got out early. Pro- it, prophetic fallacy. What's yeah, it called? Yeah. Or some shit. I don't know. I think so. It's it's set. Is it set in Detroit? I don't know. It's it's so, no, so, Detroit was the was. I don't know because um, I li- I also sex, I listened think. to Jeffrey Yundy's like a little interview that he did about this, and he lived in Detroit during that, and he mm. was apparently thinking a lot about Detroit and the demise of like the use uh, of workers yeah 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 because that beginning... was a massive industry well, town yeah. throughout the whole mm. of the book there's the graveyard strike yeah yeah and throughout um, the whole thing and it's just like mentioned of... at the beginning and then at the end like at the end of the yeah. book it's like oh and then after 400 and so days the strike yeah. ended yeah it's crazy <laughs> isn't it and, I, I, and also there's lots of talk at the beginning of like men who's lost their jobs and therefore their masculinity and their livelihood and, and their source of income and they gas themselves in their cars like and that's something that's quite common Oh, really? And that was, like, right at the beginning. And that's and what I was like, does oh, at the end, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and it's, like, this, in like, you're literally gassing yourself in industry. And also, apparently, Jeffrey Dundee's lost his job while writing this book. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That's in the, that's actually in the About the Author section. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, that is, that's like, like so while writing, he lost so I think his job. It's really, but, like, again, like, some of the criticism <clears> that people have said to me on Twitter is that they say that, like, the these girls are, are being used as a symbol of something bigger and that they're being, like, objectified by yeah. the author by being, like, a symbol of society I, whereas I think he's very self-conscious of that and like plays on that and is parodying it yeah, yeah because um, the way that I would describe this book to someone like what I was going to say was I think this book is about a group of men who who through that for their whole lives have obsessed over these girls that killed themselves when they were all teenagers in school uh, and, yeah. it's, and it's like actually about them Kind That's of, the indie film summary. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's about them like obsessing over them and not knowing them and trying to like figure out who they are through all of these clues and like the yeah. the exhibits that they've collected over the years and how like to me it feels like the like the narrative voice is like middle aged by that point. Mm. Yeah. Um and so it's very much like looking back on that year. Mm. But the fact that there's still so much obsession in the voice of the narrator is what really weirds me out. Yeah. Like the way that, so so it's yeah from a point of obsession, but not just obsession about the girls, but about they fancy them, they love them in a way. Um, but they also can't tell them apart. Yeah, they don't love them. Like it's the whole like classic manic pixie dream girl yeah. trope thing. Mm. Even though the boys themselves don't have their own arc because they don't learn to become unobsessed with them because mm. they literally remain obsessed with them throughout their whole adult lives. Mm. Um, but it's the idea that the Lisbon girls aren't like individuals at all they, mm. they're just one block unit the only two I would say that get their own like moments are Cecilia and Lux Yeah, mm. well, and think, even so it's like Cecilia, the... Cecilia is the Madonna and Lux is the Magdalene and then the mm. other three are just kind of like you're neither so just blend you all into one yeah, yeah. and it, it reminds me a kind of a little bit of like Little Women I haven't read it's it. Like Rowan loves when they, it. That's like the trope of like all of these women all living in this house becoming this homogenous mass but then mm. also having their individual identities and really struggling to like exist outside of it because they've all grown up as these like women in this like ethereal mm. space. That's kind like... of Pride and Prejudice-esque mm, as well. Yeah. I love the sisterly dynamic. Mm-hmm. I think you do get a sense of it. Yeah. I think you oh, really yeah. do get a sense of the fact that they have their own language and that they're, they're, 
there are things that they know about each other that no one else knows. It's slightly witchy without being witchy. I really yeah. liked that. It's charmed. It's yeah. charmed. <laughs> They've all got their Ouija okay. boards. Yeah. yeah. So... I think one thing, like, really summarises it up for me, which is, like, right near the beginning, the when Cecilia attempts suicide, like, the first time, um, and... Uh, the doc, she can hear the doctor going, oh, what's she got to worry about? Like, la, 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 mm. these kids. And she kind of comes around and goes, you ha- well, you, you've clearly never been a 13-year-old girl. Yeah. And to me, I think that summarises the whole thing, which is like this grown man thinking that he knows a young girl mm. and then the girl being like, you've never been a 13-year-old girl, you've never been a teenage yeah. girl, you know nothing. Yeah. Mm. And, that, and that, at that, right at the beginning... And then it just plays through the whole thing of like mm. these boys being like, why do they kill themselves? What's what's up with them? Like what's going on? Mm. And they're like, you'll never know. You've never been us. You will never know. And they're 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 almost criticizing that trope with their lives. Like they're always just trying to prove that they're individuals, but but they they move as a mass. And like when they come when they the first time they're invited into the house for the party. And then they say, like, oh, we realised they were all, like, acting really differently. And they all had their own personality. Yeah. And, when they and one of them was the talking, dance. and the other one was, like, doing this activity. One of them was quiet in the corner. And when they take them to the dance as well, oh they were, like, God, oh, they're so just really normal. Yeah, yeah. No, every time they get close to them. But then as soon as they move away yeah. from them again, they're, like, the mass. Yeah. But then again, I think it's weird, because I'm, like, is that... I think they treat themselves like that as well. It's like this dance of like the men and the women being yeah. kept separately. And it's like the boys, do, is it the same boys that go to the party as the ones that go to the prom? Is it the same boys that go to the prom that, that turn up at the house at the end to see them will die? Like yeah. it could be all different boys, but they, they talk about themselves in this collective. Yeah. Well, right, the narrator, like it's hard to tell if the narrator is an individual or a mm. group, but you do know one thing, which is that whoever the narrator was, wasn't one of the boys that took one of the girls to prom. Yeah. yeah. That's all homecoming, whatever that mm. dance was. That's one thing you do know, but the narrator was for sure at the party and at the house mm. when they killed yeah. themselves all at the end. Mm. Yeah, I think it's really... So I don't think the narrator is self-aware, but I think the author, Jeffrey, is very self- is very aware um, yeah. because there's so mm. much really clever humour in there mm. and then the girls are really aware well there's so um, much of weird shit that the narrator says like like the way that they lure the boys in to think they're taking them out and uh, right at the end mm. to take them away and and the mm. calls and everything yeah. like the girls are totally aware but yeah the narrator yeah. says loads of dumb stuff the narrator the said the one thing that really stood out to me the narrator said that I was just like Ugh, um, was through the whole bit where they're talking about looks having sex with all of these guys and like taking the, them up onto the roof and how they could see it. Oh, they yeah. were neighbors, so they like watched her have sex with all these different people. And when she was like, if that's true as well, that's the other thing. Like, mm. it was all rumors and like, oh, this guy said he had sex yeah. with Lux. This guy said that he did this with Lux. And, and we believe it because they all commented on some of the same things. Yeah. Mm. So it's just like, mm, Okay, sure, but um, because of this, like, fantasy they have around her and Lux is, like, the sexual one, um, the narrator said at one point, oh, even now, with our partners, we all imagine ourselves being with Lux. And it's like, what was she, like, 14, 15, or whatever? And they're, like, now grown men. Yeah, they're so obsessed with this girl. I remember this phrase from that. They said, like, oh, we've, we've grown up and we've married these stable like m- marryable hot yeah. hot water bottle women <laughs> yeah and yeah. um, but we're still picturing this animal-esque like 
Do you know yeah. what I mean? Well, she's it's an the quietness. In the, in the descriptions. The, it's the way that she's silent that they like. Mm. That's what they point out is like, um, these women feel like they're going to take care of us, whereas we didn't know what Lux was going to do. She was completely unpredictable. Mm. And, and, and she kind of stays that way because yeah. she dies. So it's just like eternally frozen in this state of like, be fucked up also i think that there's all this like it's kind of presented in this kind of like emotional court case where it's like here is some evidence we interviewed these people yeah as you'll see in exhibit d we're never presented with any of the exhibits and that's the kind of thing of like are they doing that on purpose because it's this thing of like oh there is no evidence or like Mm. you know they're trying to construct it like this almost like childlike argument or a yeah. childlike detective Crime mystery yeah. Well, yeah like they're playing this it's game it's like a boy's own what story kind of like what i got out of the ending do. but i was reading fast was that they um, it was like an exhibition almost in the and tree they were house. auctioning they had loads of stuff like the i'm not was it in the tree house i thought it was in the final house left in the neighborhood mm. that hadn't been torn up i wasn't sure but yeah, oh. and they've got the hairbrush. They've kept all the things and they kind of have them on display for everyone to just look at. Um, oh, because, really? Because oh, the media okay. got everyone so fascinated in the story of the virgin suicides. They then, and they were obsessive about it, they used that to then create an exhibition on it. Mm. Oh, I thought they just like kept adding to the thing they had in the treehouse. But maybe you're right. Yeah, I could be, I could be wrong. Yeah. But that would explain the emphasis on the media attention as well because that's like... Really yeah. drawn it's out. It's really strange because it sounds like they like travelled around to like track down all these different people and interview them mm. and yeah to piece together the story. Yeah, to the extent that they're still doing this when they're middle aged or even older. Yeah, who yeah. knows? It's really the 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 vi- the voice <laughs> of a thirty seven. Let's say it's thirty seven. Of, of like a well, Jeffrey Dennis was thirty three when this was published. Oh, okay. The, mm. So like the voice of an older guy discussing pubescent women mm. is just creepy like the luck that made thing. me think about it though because it's also like not to like fight his corner but i think it's also if it's the if it's the study of the demise of a society i think in some ways like i don't i think he kind of like doesn't try and tell the story of the girls because mm. we do we never really well know i think them. we're talking about but then the narrator not the author i'm, yeah, talk, I'm talking about the narrator not the author yeah mm. i'm I don't know. I don't quite know. Like, where's the about. line between the yeah, two? Yeah, because there are there are definite moments where it's so weird, isn't it? Jeffrey Eugenides's, like his humor is coming through mm. in the things he is describing. But, but I think he's laughing at the boys. Be... Yeah, the author's definitely yeah. laughing at yeah. the boys. Mm. Do you know where I kind of draw, drew some parallels mm-hmm. with this? Is John Green's Paper Towns mm-hmm. because in Paper Towns, Quentin Q. So Margot goes missing. Oh, spoilers! Oh, no. <laughs> uh, skip, like, skip like two minutes oh, ahead. No, 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 this, isn't. This, is, this is very much overview. There's no spoilers okay. in this. Um, I've only seen the film. I don't but know. I Margot goes remember. missing and Q is her neighbour. And Ooh. he... And, and Margot, <gasps> yeah. Margot leaves clues and Q is just like, she has chosen me. It is I who must go and solve all of this, these clues mm. that she has left. Me, I'm the special one. I'm the chosen one. She picked me to go and find her. This is a quest. I must go on. And I feel like that's what the boys are. It's like, yeah. the Lisbon girls picked us. We are the chosen ones. Yeah. We must understand them and save them. Like, right at the end, it's like, we're their saviours. We're going to save them. And then they couldn't save them. So now it's like, they chose us. We must understand them. 
Like yeah. that's the vibe. Because the whole I get. idea is that they, they were going to drive them special. off and help them escape. Yeah. yeah, they think they're special, and they think that the Lisbon girls picked them. I think the Lisbon oh, girls used them. Yeah, I think oh, the Lisbon girls have so much agency in this. Mm. I think, which is really refreshing. Mm. It's weird as well, like how much like would this book be different if it was written by a woman? Because I think there's well maybe we'll male. see that because yeah. the film is directed by a woman. Di- yeah. So will we? Was the screenplay written mm. by a woman or we can no Google it? Yeah, we can look. But it's interesting because there's lots of like female heroines that I look up to that I'm like written by a man, written by an old man, written by an old. I mean Matilda even. Yeah. <laughs> we don't even get Matilda. Like you know, a lot of the heroines that we look up to are written by men, and I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I love the heroines and I trust the men, but, but I'm like we hmm. completely went off tangent there. Oh, even fine. off the tangent. Off the tangent. <laughs> yeah. We went off the tangent. We, we did. Oh, that's fine. One thing that I wanted to add, because we were talking about the narrator and stuff, mm. I got to about halfway through the book before I realised it would never be revealed who the narrator was. Yeah. Really? Oh, I thought yeah. it was going to be revealed at the end of the whole time. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Just I kind of just, just like wasn't. got to the middle. I was like, fine, I'm never going to know who it is. Mm. It's just a conglomerate of boy. Yeah. <laughs> Young boy. 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 Yeah, it's weird because it's almost like this, like it's like unselfish to not talk about your own history or story or name yourself as the narrator. Yeah. But then it's also all about how they interacted with the girl's story. And yeah. yeah. If you haven't read what it. What even happened to the parents at the end? We don't know. What, they went. Well, they left. But where but, did they go? But also you know? we like know it, that they did break up. Oh, yeah. Because really near the beginning, they, like, it, they offhandedly mention like, when they're separated. Mm. Um, but, yeah, because if you haven't read it, the narrator constantly uses we and our. Mm. There's no mm. I. Um, Can we talk about the parents? Yeah. So um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was like this thing of like the mum being this strong Catholic figure who believes in the idea of the the virgin and she doesn't really, I get the impression she doesn't really want her children to go through puberty. And then there's like almost like pagan idea of these like, you know, like they're they're like helping people summon spirits and they're very like, it seems like weather follows them around a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's always like stuff is raining. If something happens bad, like it rains, if you know, when they're, when they're happy and things are peaceful, they're sitting out in the sunshine in their, like, strap tops. Oh, and I it's, didn't notice that, yeah. It's all, like, it's all about this, like, weather, but it's, but this strong Catholic thing they're carrying around with them, and, like, the first, Cecilia, when she first tries to kill herself, is holding, like, a Catholic relic of a picture of Mary. Mary. With yeah, 555 yeah. Mary on it, which is never explained, and I'm going to spark notes everything. Why <laughs> did no one call that number? Yeah, yeah, I was like, why is that boy, unresolved? Then, why is she holding the Virgin Mary? The other Lisbon girls kept on leaving yeah. the same picture of the Virgin Mary for all the boys to find with mm. 555 Mary or, or, or random, random notes written on the back of them, like little messages. Which- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. That's why they thought they were the chosen ones, because they were, like, communicating with them. But on some of them, or at least one of them, it did have the 555 Mary on. I was like, yeah. why did no one call that number? So just, why just, do we just... Yeah. Why and that's also old. why I'm just like, cult, cult, cult. Yeah, I assumed <laughs> we were going to find out they were all a part of a cult. Or so they'd set, set one up because of the shrine and all of that. But then I think we're encouraged to, like, not... That's what a lot of the news I think if someone said. had just phoned yeah. that number, we would have all of our answers. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, Mary, five, 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 five. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think also is this it whole... sorry. I just realised yeah, is it symbolic that uh, Mary, the daughter called Mary, was the last one left alive? Like she tried to kill herself and failed, oh, and yeah, then killed us had to kill herself again. That. Interesting. I don't know. Just thought about that. Just because to like the first and the last one try to kill themselves and don't, and almost like come back from the dead, and like when the other four die and Mary's left, it. They, they kind of almost commemorate a bench to her, even though she's still alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they so they you she's dead. Do you she's just want alive. her to die now? Yeah. And then she... It's so... You know, then she just died. Incredibly sad. Um, but I think it's also interesting, because I was thinking about, like, this idea of, like, bef- so bef- not thinking biblically and about, about um, like, Roman Catholicism, but, like, before that, like, the, the idea of the virgin is something that you sacrifice to get something back. Like, it's like, we'll get some virgins and, like... Yeah. sacrifice them I guess oh. you know it's thing of like them sacrificing themselves it's like their agency they still recognise that they're being sacrificed but then they're doing it it's really it it's like self-sacrifice yeah. yeah yeah and like the the women in like literature who've, who've killed themselves who get like like Ophelia mm. who, who like we don't really know why she kills herself but everyone's like it's because of love she didn't get Hamlet's love so she died yeah. and that's never made clear and it's this thing of like all these women who are supposed to have died for love but did they and these like, I don't know. I just think, I think it's really interesting, man, basically. I just I remembered something about the end mm. that's well weird. The narrator um, has this big rant about how all the suicides were so selfish because the boys never got to get to know them better. Yeah, does he mean that? The, narr- the narrator does, mm. yeah, the narrator for does, sure. Yeah. Because I forgot about the, there's so many aspects they of the narration. Feel, they of probably the feel tricked by the girls. Mm. It's the envy. There's a lot of envy in there. There's a lot of, like, we want the attention kind mm. of elements of it. But yeah, I just remembered, like, that's this, that's so weird. Yeah, but, but it talks about how, they, like, they've forgotten their loved ones and they've become self-interested. Yeah. The girls took into their own hands decisions better left to God. They became too powerful to live among us, too self-concerned, too visionary, too blind. It's very, very, I don't know... It shook me up a bit, I think, the first time I read it, and it just every time I do, because I think suicide is something that we, we're all still trying to understand as a society, mm-hmm. and this, like, gives us less answers, but it also, like, warns us off 
finding them in some yeah. ways. Yeah. The other thing I kind of was shocked by was that um, the final suicides all happened at the same time. Yeah, I was because, expecting a staggered. Yeah, because I think it's because the opening chapter is um, is right at the end where they're like, oh, and then the last one went the same as Therese, mm. like Mary did it the same way as Therese, sleeping pills, and it's like mm. the last one. Mm. So I was just like, oh, so there's like, it's going to be staggered. And then mm. Cecilia kills herself as the first one. And then I genuinely was reading it being like, oh, come on, when's the next suicide going to be? And I was like, yeah. fuck, I don't think like that. What the hell? Yeah, you want, yeah. But I was just like, come on, give me the juicy bits. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like I was what? reading right to the end. <laughs> To find all the suicides. Yeah. Like. Because you're like, there's it, there's one suicide at the beginning, and then there's the whole book, and then there's four at the end. But it's kind of good because we actually got to know the characters. One of the characters. So, Although I quite liked Bonnie. I don't know what it was. I was just drawn yeah, to her. Bonnie's because, quite cool. I don't know why. Drawn to the Lisbon <laughs> girls. Not even knowing them. What's that about? Because then Maybe there I just was... like the name. What was the thing about Therese? She has this little passage where she's teaching Mary about the about the biology of an iguana using an iguana toy, and I was like, "Me as hell! Like, <laughs> what do I do on a Saturday night? I'm gonna whip my iguana toy out, and I'll like teach someone about iguana biology." That's that's what I gathered like... about Therese. Um, sorry, that was well no, tangent. No, I think it's it's I don't know, but I... that's the humor in it, and there's so much humor in it. I think, yeah, and also I think there's lots of, I don't know, I, I felt bad laughing at points, because points that obviously you're supposed to laugh at, like, and if that's where I hear, like, Jeffrey Eugenides' voice, I wonder if he has daughters, but, like, when he, like, talks about how he, like, when they're all in their period, and he has to dispense, like, painkillers, <laughs> yeah. like, bread to ducks. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, stuff like that, but there's also stuff that I found really morbidly funny, like, this idea of, like, when Cecilia, like, spikes herself on the Yeah, fence, I know what you're and saying. And, yeah. and, and then they're just like, do you know what's wrong with this society? fences and then the whole, yeah. the whole community gather together no. and take the fence down so yeah. my because they're like sorry we just have too many spiky fences around yeah like the bit that really sticks with me about cecilia's suicide because everything's written incredibly cinematically it's mm. written for cinema it's not written as a book really? um, yeah yeah so yeah. like for example this is um what's his name mr lisbon will walk into one of the bathrooms and the moonlight shining through and reflecting off a chunk of the mirror will be described in a way that you can perfectly visualise. And one of those bits as well, which is immaculately timed, is Cecilia spiking herself on the fence. The sound of it. Um, The sound of it. Then there's silence, then the sprinklers come on. And that is just so cinematic. You can can literally... It's like comedic timing. Yeah, exactly. And it's so comedic and so so dry. So So dry, so morbid. But yeah, that's... That's like stage direction or something. That's mm. not like a book. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, true. That's kind of like him directing, being like, this, then this happens. Yeah. Just yeah. then the sprinkles come on. I wonder if that happens in the film. <laughs> Should we talk about the sex? I just remember there's a... This yeah. Is, yeah, this, this, is, this is the so banging book club where we talk about yeah. sex. There's, yeah, there's so much, especially, in fact, I'm going to whip out... So what the, sex are we talking about? Lux's sex? Lux's supposed well, sex? Virgin suicides, and yet there is one completely non-virgin mm. fact. We don't know about the others. But... I, well, okay, yeah, actually, you know, we do know for a fact because she goes to the hospital mm. to get a pregnancy test. And mm. she's being fucked on the roof. Mm. <laughs> she might I just never be, thought I'd say She might just be dry humping. Yeah. 
Oh, no, she's putting vinegar up her vag. Yeah, because she gets an inspection. She goes to hospital. Yeah. And has to lie about it. It's all so disturbing. Like, I just think that this mum is, like, really... I hate when it's, like, blame the parents, but I'm genuinely, like... Oh, yeah. Mrs. Lisbon. This mum. This this mum, though. I don't... It was Mrs. Lisbon's fault. Because it also... They talk about It was Mrs. Lisbon in the drawing room. With the vinegar, with the vinegar, with the sexism, <laughs> with, the, with the Bible, with, with the Catholicism, Bible. with the image of Mary. Because also, you notice the stuff like when they they go into the house and they see all these family photos around. They say the last picture they stop taking pictures of the of the girls after like the oldest one turned twelve. Yeah, because yeah. they don't like the idea of them being teenagers and growing up. And especially when they like stop them going to school, I'm also just like, where's the child protection? Where are the people? I don't know. I don't know how you roll an American man, but like, where is? Oh, yeah. Where are the truancy officers? All of the here? signs are just like it was just keeping them in this abusive. big yeah. house womb, and so... then also just like not keeping the house clean. Like they were all mm. probably so ill by the end of that, mm, just like yeah. physically ill, just from mm. not having any fresh air. Um, but yes, the sex. One thing my cousin says. So I was I saw my cousin earlier, and she loves this book and loves the mm. film. And I was commenting on, like, right at that point, I just read a really bit of creepy bit, and I was like, ooh, the narrator's a bit gross. Um, and she was like, yeah, it's really odd reading a man talk about women, especially when you get to the bit where Lux is thinking about, is talking about contraceptives. Because you're like, some of that stuff, you're like, yeah, that that could mm. be an old wives' tale. And some of it, you're like... Wait, when does she talk about contraception? How would she ever get that knowledge? How would she ever draw that? She's using spermicide at one point, I think. Oh, yeah, she is. So, like, she must have found some stuff. like, whatever she can get hold of. Yeah. That's the thing. You you could probably have bought spermicide over the counter, but you wouldn't have been able to get the pill unless you were married, wouldn't you? But she's not leaving the house at this point. She's not even allowed to leave the house. It's like she's getting, like, vinegar and ketchup. Well, oh yeah, she's like... creating her own spermicide, isn't she? Yeah. But then there's points where she actually has some, I think. Yeah. Maybe she just he gets describes... it from her mum's cabinet. Bless, Bless you. you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, she describes... Yeah, maybe it's something like that. But I remember Mary just commenting on the fact that... My maybe the boys bring it. On, on like... <laughs> on the fact that it's like... It feels like a very male voice writing about contraception. But maybe the boys bring the spermicide. You know, when the, the new couple move into the house after all the shit's gone down and they look on the roof and there's always yeah. bottles. It's like, oh, does somebody have a salad up here? Uh, yeah, there you go. That's the old rag. The thing that really got me it's was just... she's wiping her vagina with an old rag yeah. that sits up there all the time. Yeah. Not not up her vagina, up on the roof. Mm. <laughs> but, oh, poor Lux. You're, you must have been horrible, really painful. But it's also said that she doesn't really enjoy it. Yeah. And she's not like... Because the boys have the theory that it's her way of dealing with grief and depression. Yeah. Well, people say... Well, any form of, like... That is a form of self-harm. Yeah. yeah. Repeatedly having sex when you don't want to. Yeah, um, definitely. And making yourself go through anything mm. like that. But it's this thing of, like, the other girls not participating. It's just this, like, one... The one, like, kind of, like, temptress. And then the other four... Virgin. Yeah, and she's well, she's the one that like leads them into the, the house. Mm. Yeah, well, she's the one that leads them into the but house. They're doing the... other things, aren't they, to to self destruct? Yeah, like not eating enough and other things mm. that you hear about. Not eating, not sleeping. I don't know. Yeah, stuff like that. Oh, Bonnie is a, is it Bonnie that's not sleeping and she's walking out every night and standing outside, um, at the front porch. Yeah. And then Lux is smoking. I don't know what Teresa and Mary are doing. Yeah. But I feel like they're all trying to self-destruct in different ways. Control thing. The boys are just obsessed like, with I the don't sexual know if this one. It's like a horrible thing to say, but like 
there was, a, I think the first time I read it, I genuinely thought there was some kind of sexual abuse happening in the house. They were so obsessed with what was happening to the girls and how they were acting. I was like, there's got to be something else going on here. And I felt like there was some kind of sexual abuse happening in the house or the way they were acting, especially with this control around their bodies and sex. Like it was really disturbing. And I was like, is there some, there's got to be something darker going on. I don't know if I don't is. know if it would have been sexual abuse. It could have been, but... I, I for sure think abuse. abuse, mental abuse, emotional mm. abuse, maybe physical abuse. Yeah, if you, mm. as soon as you're not letting your child out the house, one, not feeding them properly, mm. another. I couldn't understand that, the grocery list though. So I'm not quite sure what they were eating, but it was not good. Mm. Um, and not letting them contact people. Yeah. All of that. So they, they were being abused. Yeah. But I think it's this Maybe the like... cult was actually run by the mother. Potentially. I mean, she might have gone on to run a cult. Who, can, who, yeah. who knows what She'd have been her. pretty good at it. But I think, like, it's this, like, what, like, wh- why the, I think the book isn't just good. It's, like, a masterpiece is because it's to do with the society and how they respond. Yeah. And it's this whole thing of, like, the untouchable family. Like, this, this family structure that you're not allowed to question. You're not allowed to penetrate. And you're like, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's what the Lisbon's, the Lisbon's do their with business. their daughter. Like, yeah. like, that's, that yeah. happens on no their side get, of the lawn. Like, that no one gets involved. Yeah. I think it's also interesting how the perception of Cecilia just changes over time. Mm. Like, oh, and yeah. that kind of, like, ties into the, the whole, like, the wider picture theme of, like, it being, looking at this one society, but then also, like, all of the media and, like, press and all of that stuff. So mm. at the start, it's like, oh my God, this is such a shock. It's a tragedy. Yeah. And, and then and then the Lisbon girls are No one wants all... to acknowledge it's suicide as well. Mm. Yeah, it's an accident. Oh, the incident. Mm. Um, and then the Lisbon girls are all really weird, but then they... Then it's kind of made out that, they're, oh, they're not as weird because Cecilia was the strange one. Mm. Yeah. She, she topped herself. She was the weird one. And then it switches to, it was inevitable. Mm. She was always gonna die. She she wasn't gonna amount to anything. Yeah, like it, it suddenly like it suddenly switched. It went yeah. from this like horrible tragedy of like this thirteen year old girl killing herself to, um, well, she was she was really weird. Nothing would have amounted to and her. And she anyway. brought her sisters down as well. So yeah. she became like demonized. Yeah. Completely. And I think as well as loads of stuff in the media, like they they don't pick up the story at first because nobody knows what to do with it. A few months later, they're all like, think piece about suicide. Yeah. <laughs> Finding other people. Do you, do you think that... What do you like, think of the, the grieving day? Day of oh, grieving. awful. The, terrible. You can see it happening. So 70s, yeah. <laughs> or such like, it's such an... an a, what's the word? Like a, a primitive response to suicide. Mm. Well, have a suicide day. Do you think there's an equivalent that we have now? Of that? Or like something that's like... There must be like suicide no, yeah. awareness days and weeks. But that's it, it's yeah. not local. Or to like, a town. well, there's definitely like mental health, mm. or like awareness week and yeah. stuff. Do you think that's a good thing or a bad? Because if we're thinking that like maybe a grieving day is like a bad way to react, like I think when it's reactionary, mm. it can be problematic. You've got to be a lot more careful about how you do it. But mm. whereas if it's just like an annual thing that happens where you just like direct a lot of attention Raising to awareness. one mm. particular like problem in society, then I think that's fine because mm. it's not being like oh shit, this thing happened, we should probably deal with that. Okay, we'll have a grieving day, I guess. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, like it's like, not actually, you've got to be, I think, I think a good thing would be to be proactive and like, you know, imagine mm. if that school actually every day had a mental health day mm. and before anyone was killing themselves. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's because it was like reactionary and actually it 
it wasn't helpful. Mm, it wasn't yeah. helping. It wasn't doing anything. They didn't give any guidelines to the teachers, did they? So the teachers were like, well, yeah, there was how that do we one, portray like, the importance of life? But there was that one therapist teacher that, oh, yeah, the, that came in and that the, the girl she, spoke to. Yeah. And then there was like this weird mystery about like her disappearing as soon as the girl, the rest of the girls killed themselves and they couldn't track her down and it turns out she was using a fake name and maybe wasn't a qualified therapist or teacher. But but <laughs> when the girl, but when the girls were but when the girls were talking to her, apparently they seemed so much happier and they were yeah doing that's a really creepy well. bit. So it's just really strange, and I think it's like another one of those. A lot of it, I think, is it isn't a mystery, and it's I think it's mysteries that the boys mm. slash narrator are projecting. Yeah, because mm. I think like I I wanted to ask this at the end of the podcast, but I think it's kind of interesting to talk about throughout. Is like why do we think? they killed themselves and should we know and do we think that Jeffrey Genedes is trying to tell us why they killed themselves or is he not coming to he's not trying to tell us I don't I don't think either Jeffrey Genedes knows I don't think he knows I would say he he doesn't know but then maybe he fucking I don't know I I always go back and forth on it every time I read it I'm like if I I were to write a book I'd know Mm. (laughs) if (laughs) If I were to write a book like this I would have already made my mind up and I'd be deciding whether to tell the readers there's lots of catty what I kind of like liked I use the word liked in a very loose sense of the word but I really liked these catty references to the like the term self-esteem because they're always like lots of people blame it on self-esteem and it's like um this is passage apparently I've copied out because I'm a dickhead um, <laughs> page 137. it's like we listened to them but it was clear they'd re- they'd received therapy to know the um the right answers. Mm, that was yeah. they, they sounded rehearsed, relying on concepts of self-esteem and other clumsy words on their tongue. Yeah. And then at the end, like like Miss Mrs. Pe- Pe- Pearl, who like writes oh, about yeah. it in her journals and is like mm. a professional therapist. She's like, she thinks it's all about self-esteem and like writes chapters on it and is like, oh, this is a proof that they didn't have very high self-esteem. And I think Jeffrey Genedes is always like criticizing that and being like, it's more than that. It's more than that. And I think we were talking. Um, earlier about like uh, the reactions to 13 Reasons Why on Netflix and like reducing suicide in this way that's really like simplistic mm. and I think but also none of us have watched that oh yeah I haven't watched, I haven't watched it. it either <laughs> yeah I've got like this thing of like re- trying to find reasons why like 13 are there only 13 I don't know well it's blaming oh, 13 I see. you know yeah, like yeah. it? the idea is it blames 13 people mm. she sends yeah. a letter a, yeah. a tape to each person and says this is how you contributed to my death yeah. So it's very The Lisbon vengeful. girls would never do that. No. Yeah. But um, what was I going to say about... Oh, yeah, because we were asking, like, why we think that they killed themselves. Yeah. And so one of my theories, which is that this is fiction, and so it's got to be, like, mm. spectacular, mm. is some cult, some Virgin Mary cult thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then my, like, realistic reason is that... Cecilia was genuinely a depressed teen mm-hmm. and yeah. a suicidal teen and she killed herself because they all seemed really shocked when that happened yeah, yeah. Um, and then the the grief on the other four sisters basically hit them so hard and no one knew how to deal with that and so it spiralled and their mum became really abusive and controlling and they saw no other way out and they got depressed and trapped. Yeah. That's that's yeah. literally like why I think that I'm like it's that, and trapped. I genuinely think that it could be that simple. But then also I'm just like, I like the way that the book also kind of makes you be like, is it a Virgin Mary cult thing? Yeah. Mm. Well, it's the fact that they all then planned it right at the end. That's yeah. that's what I think is like. So they were depressive. 
they planned they, they it, but they also they allowed suicidal. themselves to all die alone. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. You know what I mean? They like, like yeah, let's all do it, it at the same together. time, but we're all going to do it differently in different rooms and just like be by ourselves. And yeah, no, but that's really interesting. Not like you know, they didn't all jump off a bridge at the same time or anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is what you'd expect because of the way that they're portrayed as a homogenous. Yeah, and like they're thing. called lemmings at some at some point as well, which just like conjures yeah. up that nineties game of people just literally just like walking off mm. cliffs together. Yeah, when actually it's a lot more private than that. But then I don't know. But they clearly all discuss it beforehand. Like they're very, they're not ashamed of it. Mm. It was as if the timings of it were perfect, though. Yeah. Because if you, you think about it, so the timings of it were so perfect because um, the boys were in like the living room or whatever with Lux, and then Lux was like, "Oh, the girls will be down soon. I'll meet. I'm gonna go in the car. I'll meet you there." Mm-hmm. Yeah. They hear a crash bang in the cellar, which is yeah. Bonnie hanging herself. Mm. But they don't know that at the time. Um, and then, so they're just like hanging out in the living room kitchen or whatever. And they're like, do we go upstairs and check on them? Nah. Because mm. they think they're all upstairs. Yeah. yeah. And then they're like, oh, let's go see what that thing was downstairs and see if we can help them pack. Go downstairs. That, and that's where they find Bonnie. Yeah. And in the time that they go downstairs, mm. uh, Mary comes downstairs, or she was already in the kitchen, and that's when she kills herself in the oven, looks in the car, Mary upstairs. Yeah. yeah. Like all of, like, like, they timed it. Like, it's, it's just mad. It's almost like mousetrap, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They hear Bonnie. So Bonnie is like the trigger of that crash. And because also the boys are like, um, they were all on standby to help each other yeah. as well. Oh. I don't know. It's just very. What freaks me out. Well, the reason the boys are invited over is, I think. To be witnesses, because, I think. Because I think they think that the parents won't find them. I think that. I Obviously, they'd what find Mary. But I think the parents. What what's portrayed as their lack of attentiveness and their attentiveness decreasing as they get more depressed. The parents, I think. Mm. And oh. I think that the girls are actually like, parents might not tell anyone that we've died or might act really odd or might not notice. Was it the boys? Like, we don't know what the boys did right after. They, they ran home, didn't they? Did they yeah. run home? Did they and call they watch the it all happen. Yeah. So I think the parents did notice and... Yeah, no, maybe, they must, but I think it's the, the fear that they, they wouldn't. It. Yeah, the fear that the parents wouldn't. So they needed tell witnesses. Anyone. Yeah, because mm. the house is getting slowly worse and worse. They could have just left the bodies. Sorry, this is very morbid, but that's why I assume the boys mm. were invited but over. One of the bodies is in the car on the drive. Yeah. Or I mean, in a garage. Is well, it in a, do they have garages? Mary's is in the oven, so she would have been found. Mm. Mary's head is in the oven. There's this part where um, they're like, um, he, he says that they. they we thought we knew the girls and they invited us round to show them that we didn't know them. Yeah. Oh, that's clever. Fucked up, man. But it's, but it's yeah. interesting. Well, yeah, that's what I like... think it was. It was like a big F you, like... Well, it it was a big fuck you. Definitely. It's very like Angela Carter, like, princesses is locked in the tower searching for help. Knights come for help. They're like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But I don't know if it's a feminist act. <laughs> Or just like super sad. I think it's super sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's that thing of like, oh yeah, you I really showed have, them, but I like, do also have like, oh, the power. They, so they, cool. It's their way of reclaiming power back. Mm. But I think it's really dangerous to talk about suicide in that way. Mm. I mean, more the process of inviting the boys around, making it a performance mm. almost. That element of it, and like leaving the letters and all of that, and making grasping so many people's attention. Mm. That's. Not not the media, but the local people. Yeah, and it, mm, but, but even I, then, yeah, you're right. It is dangerous. even even then just like using the word attention in the same sentence. Yeah. suicide mm-hmm. like feels so 
dirty to me. I, Do you yeah, know what I mean? It, like, yeah. Even though I kind of like know what you're getting at, but I'm just like, oh, we have to be so careful. Yeah. Um, I had another point thing. Oh, we were talking about being sad. Like the thing that made me really sad was like Mary on her own at the end before she like oh, God, actually topped herself. Own. Like, of, you know, imagine that. Imagine you created a suicide pact with your sisters. You have, you have three mm. sisters that are left. You're like, cool, bye, see you on the other yeah. side. And then you wake up and all your sisters are dead and you survived. Yeah. And then you just top yourself a few weeks later. Asking, like, waiting for her to go. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, the, oh. the bench is symbolic of that, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Is there anything else to... Well, there's loads to discuss, but... Shall we... Yeah, like, I think... About all of that. Do you know what? We've yeah. gone through this whole thing, but we've not said uh, the phrase male gaze once. Oh, yeah, I know. God, yeah, I, should... I think, but that's what we mean. Every time we talk about the narrator and the boys, like that whole thing is mm. the male yeah. gaze. It's the man, it's the ultimate manic pixie dream girling, but mm. it's quite self aware. Well, it's very self aware. I think it's warding that. you off manic pixie dream yeah. girling, and it's, it's basically like the early John Green, imagine people complexly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's, I don't know. It's weird because this has existed for so long, but then I'm like, have people who've written these, like, not John Green, but other people written these cliche books about suicide, I'm like, have they read this? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's existed for so long to criticise that way of talking about suicide. Yeah. Um, and the way of talking about women. Yeah. <laughs> and young girls. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. It Teenage fe- female girls will them. always remain a mystery. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. So much like all individuals or something. You have to work us all out one by one. <laughs> Fuck it up, uh, what mm. admin. Um, okay, would you have sex with this book? <laughs> no. I love the book, but I would not go there. I would not be intimate with this book. No. Yeah. I, I would I'd give re- this, I would pay for its therapy. I would give this oh. this book a year's worth of, of clinical spermicide, so no more ketchup was used. Yeah, oh my gosh, Just give yeah. this book a condom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and lots of help and loving support. Yeah, and oh, poor book. I know. Oh, poor book. Um, but and maybe the boys need it too. Yeah. That being said, <laughs> Everyone. I think that people who listen to this and maybe haven't read it, I don't want, it's still like one of my best, like favorite. Oh yeah, I, I feel really, so sad really, yeah. There's no, there's no, there's no twists or turns. It's not a plot-driven book, so you like yeah. even knowing the plot, you can still get loads out. If of you it. want to like know how to write a fucking amazing novel, like read it. Like yeah. fuck me, it's just, it's Jesus, so good. Jesus, bastard in Christ, it's <laughs> so. It takes about four hours to read if yeah, you're a yeah, fast yeah. reader. So, um, but yeah, and I think it's God, also I am like, not a fast reader. It's took like, me longer than that. <laughs> I really. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm maybe like six hours. I just well for me I I loved how it commented on society not knowing what to do with it and for me that's like what I took away from it was like we need as a society we need to deal with suicide you can't just leave it to one family Mm. like it's not a one family issue you can't just take away the fence and be like sorted nobody else is gonna kill themselves now yeah Um, I really liked I'm surprised they still had sleeping pills in the house for Mary to take right at the end I mean they don't leave to get rid of them huh they don't leave to get rid of them so Mm. like yeah true yeah. Um, or maybe they left in her because they wanted her to kill herself. Shall we stop there? <laughs> we are Nando's now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you for listening. Um, Thank you. Um, next month, as we mentioned, we are reading Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski, which is like a scientific book about sex. Mm-hmm. I think the subtitle is something about 
getting better sex. But well, like, I'm really hoping it's just going to tell me how to masturbate properly. <laughs> that would be But it's got loads of like sex Horrible research that. stuff in it as well. Um, yeah. We are going to eat our Nando's whilst watching The Virgin Suicide. Mm. We're having a banging book club sleepover, guys. <laughs> oh my god! And then in the this mor- is our yeah, jobs. I know. <laughs> and then in the morning, we're going to uh, record us talking about the film, which will be the next mini-sode that you yeah. will hear. Yes. So if you want to hear us talking about the film, tune in in a fortnight, mm-hmm. two weeks' time. Apparently, only British people use the word fortnight, I found out today. British and Indian. What do you say instead? What two weeks. No, like like bi-weekly. No, not bi-weekly. Bi-weekly, yeah. Bi-weekly means twice a week. <sighs> no, fortnightly. Uh, never understood Screw a biannual fortnight. meant once every two years. But anyway, right, sorry. Fortnight yeah. means two weeks. Yeah, so in two <laughs> weeks' time, if you're American... Or Fortnite in Fortnite. I just realised that Fortnite means nothing when you think about like the individual words. Anyway, oh my god, my brain. Yeah, it's like late. (laughs) It's maybe eleven. We should start watching the film. Shit. Okay, love you. Bye. Follow us on Twitter at Bagging Book Club. Leave us lots of nice reviews. (laughs) Kisses for everyone. You are now a Furby. (laughs) (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.